All right. Before we jump into our first full-length episode of Outside the 9 to 5, we wanted to take care of a few housekeeping items for everyone listening. If you haven't listened to the first podcast, we encourage you to do that. It'll give you some context to who we are, Kevin Hartnett and I, Um, some good context on the conversations we will be having. It's only about 10 minutes. Secondly, if you appreciate the content, please share um obviously that's how you know the message is going to grow third this is a learning experience for us and we're always trying to get better so we appreciate any constructive feedback so the topic we're going to be discussing today corporate career paths i know that sounds boring as shit but with that being said i think we're going to share some honest opinions some honest feedback about our experiences in the workforce and things that could be beneficial to you some of the thoughts we have when kind of discussing this is is this what I should be doing? Is what I'm doing actually what I want to be doing? Is this getting me to where I want to go? My goals with my career? And fuck, I don't even know what I want to do. We hope you guys enjoy. All right, dude. We're back. Should back, we say like and subscribe? Back, back in the junk room. <laughs> should we say like and subscribe on every episode? Like and subscribe. Otherwise, we won't get anything which we won't aren't going to get anyways i guess you know what what do you mean i mean i don't know it's people say that on youtube videos like like and subscribe so they get paid right oh is that what it is yeah i'm pretty sure yeah you you get paid by youtube by certain subscribers i I think i have no idea i have no idea there's right now there's a five-year-old that makes like six million dollars off because people like and subscribe reviewing toys and stuff so maybe that kid's winning but we're not talking about his career path today. We're talking, we're talking about, about ours, right? So, yeah, dude. You know, to kick it off, why don't why don't you dive into um your you know how you got to where you are today from a career standpoint? Yeah. So, um, as we touched on in the last episode, I'm 24 years old, right? So I've only been out of college for two years. I've been at that same job for for two years kind of doing different roles. The first role out of college for me was cold calling, right? So I made 7,000 calls to people who didn't know about our product and solution. Um, And then after that, I'm more on the like consultative side where I'm working with people who have been in business with us and the product we're using for some time and I'm helping them better integrate it to their business. What's the industry? So it's financial service sales, helping financial advisors build their businesses, help them with investments, technology, um, basically just, you know, allow them to focus their time on what they want to be doing, which is meeting with their clients. How many calls did you say you made as a, so in my first year, that's it, 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 dude, it was scary. Like cold calling, I just cold called 6,000 advisors, which which you did. That's those are rookie numbers, by the way. Rookie numbers. Get get out of here. You got to pump those numbers up. You got to pump those numbers up. Yeah, but um, uh, that's a lot of calls, right? And I and we basically verbatim went through the same career path. We did. We're at different spots in our careers right now. Yeah. As it stands, but you know, we've basically had a similar journey. So, what about that was the most surprising to you? I guess how nervous I was. So logically, I understand coming out of college. What do you mean? Too. Yeah. I mean, it's a very. It's not a glamorous. It's not a glamorous job, right? It's pretty cut and dry with with no, that everyone, that if aspect. You, if so. you tell people you're cold calling, they're like, "Ew!" Like literally, people are just on like. Ew. Yeah. What was the biggest surprise about that? I guess a uh, positively or in neg- and negatively. Positively, it makes me comfortable to talk to anyone in, in simple terms. Like right, calling to order pizza is like you know something. You even talked about that one time when we were having a conversation. You're saying, "Dude, that sometimes makes me like a little bit nervous." Like. I'm down to call people anytime, anywhere. I feel comfortable in conversation because I have been in the most uncomfortable conversations, right? So that's a positive. Um, And then kind of a negative is just, dude, just emotionally, you're scared to do that, right? Like even though logically it's just like reps, reps, reps when it's cold calling, emotionally, right? Like I was sweating leaving voicemails, like dripping sweat. Yeah, how did you deal with the emotional ups and downs of that position? Because with that comes like, I mean, there there are people out there who have, are really, really good at cold calling. Yeah, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of people leaving college are not those people. Yeah, I don't right? think I was good. So it's pretty much shoot like you you just throwing stuff at the board. Here. Yeah, and every once in a while you get lucky with a few in a row, and yeah. then you find these dry spells. And how did you deal with those ups and downs? Especially in your first year after college, right? Yeah, I just realized that the the stakes were very low. 
right? Like my, like what the actual business impact it had. If someone cursed me out on the phone, I, I realized that it wasn't the end of the world, right? We already serviced 7,000 customers. You know, one person saying, I don't want to talk to you isn't the end of the world. It's kind of the idea that like abundance mentality, right? You just grow from each call you make. So, you know, if someone cursed me out, I'm like, all right, learning experience, right? Like maybe I introduced myself differently. Maybe I have a different tone or maybe that guy was just in a bad mood, right? That's the thing with cold calling. It's just about reps. That's right. why I, I, that's why I quantify it with a number, right? I didn't make a hundred cold calls. I made 50 cold calls a day for eight months. Yeah. So it took you eight months, about eight months to get out of that position or, or progress into a next, your next role. Yeah. The company. Uh, yeah. So um, after eight months about that, uh, about, yeah, I would say eight months in, I then transitioned into a role, which was with um, not like what we call the relationship management side, right? People that have been working with this company for a long time and just need to better understand how to use, use the solution. Right. Right. And you were, you're an internal account executive within that yeah, side. So, I manage, so what, what are your, what is your day to day or what are your main roles there? Um, so I manage a, a book of business of about 250 clients that all use our platform in different capacities. Um, and again, based on their business, we help them utilize the system. So that could be anything from helping them close business to again making sure they're utilizing the system as best as they can and really just I, like this is what i call it I, I say like we're the wd-40 like we just grease the wheels to make sure everything for them in our system like runs efficiently. <laughs> seriously that's what i do right? that's amazing i'm the wd-40 bro just just loosen those hinges up dude I, doors I swinging s- wide open. seriously bro <laughs> Um, you That's know, it's awesome. not always, it's not all glamor, but you know, we are working with huge businesses. Like if you put a monetary standpoint amount on the book of business, I oversee people like would, you know, the jaws. Yeah. It's per- a lot for someone your age to, to undertake. Right. Well, and you're not doing it alone, obviously no. the part of being an internal account executive, you have an external. an external partner who is the experienced sales rep actually on the ground in said territory. Yeah. Driving, you know, the, the relationship, the business facing part. side. But, you know, as an internal, the internals basically, you know, they run. They yeah, run you're the more the, you're more the right? day-to-day operations. Like people are calling you about requests, but you're also, you know, starting to take on your own clients as you become a better salesman. Yeah. Like that's kind of the transition. And that's where I'm at now, right? Where I'm driving my own agendas, you know, setting up calls, making sure people are actually moving business to our company, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm not just here to like please people. I'm here to drive business and drive revenue for our company, which is what salespeople do. Right. And I think we got a little ahead of what I uh, kind of a question I wanted to ask. Yeah, go ahead. We were talking about your initial first position at SEI. What did you do? What what advice would you give someone who isn't or going into one of those positions or is currently in one of those positions? The cold calling one? Yeah. Uh, don't take anything personally. I like if someone like I've gotten cursed so many times on the phone because like who wants to just get called 50 times by the same number? Not me. But um, so don't take anything personally. The other thing is use it as a vehicle to just tone your skills, right? To get comfortable on the phone, to leaving voicemails, like to just being in uncomfortable circumstances. Like Yeah. So what perspective? It sounds like you had a certain perspective when you came to work. Yeah. That's a little bit different like than someone who... Someone who might just be trying to get a certain number of leads or something along those lines. I just always see my job and I even my job now as a vehicle for like building my skill set, right? So right. I always knew coming out of college and probably this was a lot of the content I consumed coming out of college, like my senior year, was just how applicable sales can be and how important it is, right? Like you do sales and everything. If you need to sell yourself to a girl, everyone uses that example. Like seriously, <laughs> everyone uses that, but it's true, bro. Like yeah, you got You got to know how to be comfortable in conversation. Like you're not pitching. Your, I mean, you're seriously pitching yourself to a girl, but like in the real world in sales, like a lot of those people are the ones who drive business, right? Those are the people, because you can have a fantastic product, but if you position it poorly and don't handle objections well, you, no one's going to buy your shit. Yeah, that's a great point. So, I mean, yeah. I just had this viewpoint that sales is, you know, a critical po- a critical place for me to start my career. And I did make the most money doing it. You know, like we don't make uh, from an industry standard, you know, we're competitive. But like, it's not like I'm out here like bragging about how much money I make because that's not like what I'm in it for. I'm in it for the skill set I'm learning. Yeah. So do you struggle with that? How do you get over that hump when people, your peers might 
not be as progressed as you are, but are making more money. So you're saying, just so I, I understand you correctly, you're saying, hey, they might be making more money, but maybe their skill sets aren't as. Honed. Well, yeah. How do you? Well, how do you? How do you deal with people with less skill getting paid more than you? I, 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 we've actually, you know, when we were repping out some of these podcasts before we released them, we talked, we talked about this once, dude. It's like, it's very hard for me at this age to really think of, uh, to think of a monetary like value I put on myself, my, on my time right now. Like I really like when I try things, whether it's in my career, in, in other hobbies like fitness or real estate that we'll get into another, like other podcasts, it's like, I don't really look at it from a monetary standpoint yet. I look at it like what skills can I build and like where can I find my interests? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I don't let it affect me is what I would say relative to other people when people are like, oh, I make a, you know, I make six figures. Great. Right. So how are you, it sounds like you're rationalizing it in the sense of like personal growth. Like there's a, there's a monetary value to growth, right? Yeah. That I think a lot of people glaze over or don't. And that's why a lot of young people struggle with their first jobs is because you don't get, you don't get paid well for your first job. Yeah. Anybody, Mo- almost anybody. I mean, people coming out of law school get the shit end of the stick when they join law firms. Like they're doing. They're, yeah, they're still. They're just grinding, right? Yeah. Well, no. I let me let me ask you th- this question then, because I know we've kind of been doing some some digging on me, but. The, the thing I'm thinking about that you just brought up, do you think people expect like they're given this false sense of reality because they graduated from this, you know, we talked about where we went to school, but like if, if someone went to Harvard, they expect to make this much money just because they have that, that degree. Like, do you feel like there's some expectation for people our age to make a certain amount of money based on their degree or where they went? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think there's obviously a conception with that. Like I a hundred percent agree with that. I think our generation honestly just has a problem with instant gratification. I struggle with this all the time. But we talked about like I left college and started in the same position you did a couple years or before you did. Um, and it took me 11 months to get out of that position. Yeah. And that was like the longest 11 months of my life. Dude. You were a grinder though. I remember you. Yeah. I mean, you I, were in there early, I, bro. Yeah. I, I was that. in there early every day the, doing the small things to just try to. Like in, in basically after 11 months, I was like, what, what do I have to do at this point? Like, what, what do I have to do? But at the same time, it's like, I'm 22, didn't know anything leaving college. So after 11 months, it's like, yeah, I knew stuff, but like, how much did I actually know? And, And that's like, I think that's a problem that a lot of people struggle with is the slow progression and like you see all these people, all these exceptions like out there, like people who excel immediately in their twenties. Yeah, most likely that's not going to be. I mean, you got so much time. You can't live in the exception. Yeah, you we can't talk about that. With you other can't live too. in the exception. We talk Definitely about, not. Yeah, and I, I look back on it now, and I'm like, eleven months is just like it's short to dude. to get into another position, yeah, like to short. get a promotion. It's hypothetically, short. that is such a short timeline. Yeah. It is extremely short. It's interesting with uh, – because this – so this hops into one thing that I think is extremely important for, for us to touch on and where we'll go after this is like what did you do to stand out to make sure you got that job at 11 months? But before that, let's get into like office or corporate politics because that does kind of play a role in at least for, for me where, where I stood in like making – getting that promotion. Like it felt like a lot of people were like saying you deserve that position but like management didn't have that role. You know, like there is some corporate politics and that's the reality. Like I didn't want to believe it and I was naive to it coming out of college, but that's a real thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. There's, but at the same, at the same time, we'd look back at on timelines, right? And I think it, from that perspective, like management probably has an idea as to what the timeline should be. And there's also like the thing about this, which is like not fair is there's timing is everything. Right. Yeah, dude. So like, like if they could there afford, were certain people, if they could afford, they could certain, afford you in that right. position, right? The time Dang, is everything. Yeah. So like, there were a couple times when like you had a couple people leave all at the same time, and then there were just people there. Yeah, that were ready to take the opportunity. They didn't necessarily deserve it. They weren't the hardest working people, but they were there. Yeah. Right. So like. That's the that's the unfair reality of, of that, the I just you know like right? we're talking about honesty and like yeah. that's there is dude there is some reality to that in every office I think 
I was super naive to it where I was saying – Especially when you're that low in the totem pole. It's like yeah. if people are there and they're progressed further, far enough, then it's like the cost-benefit is huge in their eyes, right? Like you're going to fill a position and it's – you know, they'll probably be able to get most of this stuff done considering everyone around them is, is experienced and they can leverage them. What do you mean? Sorry. I well, admit. you know, in the position that we're talking about, internal account executive, yeah. you, you lean on the senior people on your team to train the younger kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that sense, like, you know, unless you have a bad leader, which didn't really seem – that wasn't a factor. Yeah. We didn't seem to have too many bad leaders there um, when I was there. You know, they're going to lean on them enough to, to get the work done. So, oh, without adding yeah, someone I'm just else saying, there. like, yeah. in terms of opportunity in their eyes. Yeah, well, dude, they they, they run a business, right? So it's yeah, exactly. they're not necessarily. So that's I think your exact point, where it's like when you're a publicly traded company, when you're reporting, you know, different numbers to people, you might, you know, you might want to have a lower headcount cost, right? Yeah. You might want to have a lower personnel cost for this quarterly earnings. You might want to have a higher profit margin. How do you do that? You cut costs from a personnel perspective, right? There's things that get driven from the top up in a lot of companies that affect Kevin Hartnett's career path and Colton Richards career path when they're 24. Yeah, but they're you know? streamlined. They're not like, it's not like individual, like, Oh, this kid is like, usually it's because of a decision that was made that it's like six places removed. From yeah. You, right? No, I totally agree with you. And I think this is a really good transitioning point because I just wanted for you, the audience to understand that we will address that. And the fact that there is, politics in any corporate company like if you don't think that's the truth you're very naive to think that i mean i think some places have it less than others but it's a reality of like working in a corporate environment and then the the yeah. thing i want to transition it to do you have something you want to i'm just on? gonna say office office politics is everywhere but how you handle it is different and that's right? beautiful because that's the next point i want to jump into like what do you do to stand out because we always talk about controlling the controllables so with all this office politics we we just talked about like what do you do to stand out like to so at 11 months when they're talking about who do we fill this role with you know the the your name kevin hartnett is mentioned yeah i mean it's it sounds so complicated like what do you do to stand out like oh there's like the secret firm formula it's you got to give them the secret uh, handshake you got to give them the secret handshake doing uh, doing the right things yeah, you just got to do the simple and easy things that make make you that legitimize you, right? That's so they, a great word. So that's a great word. They know that you're gonna come in and you're gonna do a good job and you're gonna work hard. Yeah. Right. So so, so simple. Yeah. Things that are just so simple, but like people won't do them. Like what? Because Give me an it's example. it's because you're it's probably inc- thinking it's inconvenient. Of it's inconvenient. That's what it is, right? When you start off. Like in this world, in a corporate world, anywhere at a company, yeah. like first one in, first last one to leave. We love that. I mean, you and I did that. We did that for ten months. We were repping that. You know, so easy. Yeah. Uh, like, okay, yeah, it eats in your time, depending on where you're at. Like, yeah. Maybe it's not first one in, last one to leave. Maybe it's one of the first people there, one of the last people to leave. Yeah. Depending on what industry you're in. But to that extent, it's like. When any any of those managers came in, there you're always there. Yeah. Like when does Kevin leave his desk? Like he seems like he's always here. Yeah. Like not not that you you should give the facade that you're doing a ton of work. Like you should still be doing hard work, right? You should still be doing a good job. Yeah. But to that extent, there's t- two such easy things to do. You can't replace hard work, is I think like the the short of that. Like yeah, exactly. you, you can't. You, like there is no replacement for hard work, especially when you start out, right? Because these guys, or when I say guys, gals that have been a manager or at the company for 30 years, they know what they were doing on a day in, day out basis for the last 30 years, right? Yeah. So if they, they that shows them that you're hungry, if you're showing up early, leaving late, like, and I'm not saying to work 50 hours, like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there is some reality to the perception you give off to people that are your managers yeah absolutely like that's that's number one right like show up early leave late yeah that's 
that's it. I think we can take that off the table. And it's everyone, like the number one principle when you first start a job is always be there before your boss, always leave after your boss. One of our managers always says that. Um, but the other thing I want to say is I, I'm assuming a lot of the people that listen to this are hardworking. But the other thing I, I'm thinking about, and I, I think I've told you this before, but think of yourself as a brand within your company, right? And what that leads me into, and you were great at this, was networking. So how did you go about networking? Like, are there any tips or is that like, is it just something that you not came by naturally that were like, dude, I'm going to shake hands with everyone? Yeah. I mean, I, I personally don't like to saying build your brand sounds like almost inauthentic, I guess you could say. But I, I mean, I don't, I can't think of a better way to put it. So dude, you're a brand. Like I don't know. People, yeah, people I under- don't want to look at it like that, but that's the reality of the situation. There's a brand behind Colton Richards at his company. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm, know I would I just am. say I'm myself, you know, like that's who I'm, I'm just who I am. But I guess to, you can look at to it that point, <laughs> I guess, you I mean, I don't it. sell hats with K's on them, so I don't really not necessarily, I know it. I, I know what you're getting at though. Yeah. I, know I think it's just a good way to Other people are going to have a view of Kevin Hartnett, right? Yeah. Like, so you want to make sure that's Kevin a good Hartnett. brand. That's what you want to make sure that that view is a, a positive view. No, right? I agree. It sounds a little bit. The best advice, yeah, it sounds a little bit inauthentic, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it. Go ahead. One of the best pieces of advice that anyone gave me was to literally just grab coffee with every single person yeah. that, that you deal with on a daily basis or don't deal with or may deal with in the mm-hmm. future. Like, get to know everybody. Everybody. Did that scare you doing that, though? Yeah, terrifying. You know, you know me. Like, I, I hate... Like, especially in our work environment where there's this weird dynamic, right? You're, you're the new person there. You're just out of college. There's no cubicles. It's all an open warehouse. You can see everybody at their computers. So do you go up and do you interrupt that person and ask them if they have time or do you send them an email? That decision right there ate me, ate me away. Dude, for hours I would be sitting on my desk like, what should I do? And, and it's really simple, right? Like, Dude, it's scary though. At the end of the day, like after doing it like 10, 15 times, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. just go up to the person and be like, hey, is it cool if I can put some – I put some time on your calendar to just talk about a few things, ask you a couple questions. Yeah, like, honestly. And they, everyone's like, yes. Just take a look at my calendar and send me an invite. Yeah, no, that's – I mean so I, I think our company was very receptive to the fact of like – network right just like get to know people we were a very open environment i don't know if every company is like yeah that. that's true so you I, gotta you gotta feel you gotta figure out what kind of you gotta figure out what yeah works. talk to lean on the people that are your managers and ask them what what they did and ask them what what you should do or who you should talk to that's a great yeah idea. another great thing is yeah. like who should i talk to that every person every person career? every person i spoke with i was like who who do you think would be valuable to talk to that's a great question Great question. Exactly. And and not this, that you shouldn't talk to everybody because you just know everybody. And sorry to cut you off there, no. but it's always important to figure out who the important people are to yeah. know. And this is where it goes back to like you're saying, don't build a brand. But the reality is, you have to treat yourself like a business in the company you're working for. So if that means networking with the right people. You should do that. Like I know you're saying be yourself, but I want to make a business case that in order for you to advance in a company, you got to treat yourself like a company. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Where like there's every you could view everyone as like a little machine basically. And right? I'm not saying do it in a way where like you're using people, right? At the end of the day, everything is based on relationships and like that's why I think sales is applicable, but uh, like it is just so important that you get to where you need to go and that does take you know making smart decisions with who you spend your time talking with like oh yeah and going back to why that was one of the best pieces of advice that i got who does all the interviewing the people there right so what do you want do you want to do you want to have an interview with someone who you've sat 10 feet away from for 11 months and they ask hey like you know, we sit across from each other. Why haven't you ever introduced yourself? Or do you want to have a conversation that's like, oh, yeah, hey, what's going on? Like, how was yesterday? Like, you told me you were going golfing. Like, how was – like, how'd you shoot them? Like, like is, I know is exactly it, Which conversation do you want to have? Where it's like you, you – in an interview for the next job, like, this is just like – honestly, 
probably a real life realistic story that happens if you know someone that's interviewing you you talk about bs for 25 minutes of the interview and the last five minutes are like oh why do you want this job that's yeah. the last and like so i i think that is extremely important and to kevin's point like it's i know it sounds simple but probably because we've done it a lot of times it, you go up to someone and say hey i've seen you around the office a lot um, I haven't had the, the the chance to introduce myself yet, but I would love to set up 15 minutes if, you know, that would be all right with you. Yeah, like buy it's him simple. coffee. Yeah, dude. Like and, a $250 dollar coffee. Two, no. That would be an expensive $2.50 is going to make your, just your life a lot easier in the, in the long run, just knowing that person a little bit better. Like oh they have kids like how are your how are your kids Beautiful. just a question like that uh, I mean automatically diffuses whatever like if you are in an interview in, in environment like, it all, brings the conversation down to a personal level where it's just you and and the uh, person across I, the table having a conversation I couldn't agree any more with you and then the two other like pieces of advice I want to give you because we just talked about hard work we talked about networking. Two other like kind of nuanced points, uh, maybe nuance isn't the right word, but things that I do that I think separate me in this category. I I, I understand that sounds a little weird, but like, <laughs> I, no, seriously, dude, like I really do think about this stuff. Like I really pride myself in the ability to build relationships. One thing I will say is like, I always brought like three questions that I wanted to ask the person, right? Whether it was about their career path. Like if I'm setting up 15 minutes, right? You just set up 15 minutes with your boss. Don't say, hey, I just wanted to catch up with you. Like, I under there should be some format, right? A lot of these times, these higher up people, they haven't they have a schedule, right? So they don't want to think that you just ask them to set up coffee for them to drive the conversation. They want to understand that you did some research. Yeah, that's a that's a great point there because I I've definitely seen some scenarios where it's this person sets up fifteen minutes, takes fifteen minutes of their time that's very valuable. That's and, what I'm saying, and wastes it with like just not being prepared. Like if you're going to go talk to somebody on top of just networking, getting to know them a little bit better, have a have a question or two. Yeah, yeah. three questions is a great number. Three so I is email a, three so, is a good number. So exactly what I do, Kev, I will say because in this virtual environment, right, it's harder to network. I was just doing this. I said, "Hey, haven't had the chance to meet you yet. Um I, I you know, I saw you kind of your career path and a few things popped out of me. Here are three questions I have." Like would love to set up time to discuss. Obviously, the person said yes because people innately are helpful. Like unless you live or in are working in a culture that is toxic where no one wants to help each other, which maybe that's the case and maybe we are fortunate because I do think some companies have a less open, you know, like willing to help work environment. Yeah, I most think people are it, nice. Right. I think that's a very valuable thing about the place we both started off Yeah, at, is that it's very open and you actually do have the opportunity to – bump into a lot of people and brush shoulders with a lot of people that are super successful. So it's cool in that sense. And a lot of people are very open to talking, but that's a great point. Like most people, when they get that email and it's like, Hey, can I put 15 minutes on your calendar? It's like, what does this person want? Yeah. What do you want? And right away, tell them, give, put it out there. Give them the three questions like that are burning your mind. Uh, I, lo I love that. Like how did you how did you get where to where you are today? Yeah. What do you think I should be doing? What love this question? What do the most successful people in my role do to succeed? Like just like what are the most successful people in my role doing? What can I do like to be there? You know. Yeah. Um, and, and I know we've been hammering this networking thing, and honestly, we didn't even have this written down as like kind of a topic, but it just flew because this is honestly something Kevin and I have obviously talked about a lot and, and it, it just resonates with us deeply. Um, the last thing I want to say, because I, I know we're talking about like networking and it sounds like a selfish thing. Guys, don't look at it as a selfish thing, right? Everyone wants to like know more people. Like we are like, it's normal to meet other people that you're working with. Like we're, we're not trying to make this sound like so I guess robotic to your point. Like we don't, you're building relationships. No, and like, those you don't have to talk to anybody you don't want to talk to. Yeah. Don't, don't, if they're horrible fine. people, don't like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but just know that it's always good to maintain and keep up different, different relationships that are created. And, and this know? is what I'll say just again, cause I, I guess I'm kind of looking at this, how I kind of did it for me is like, a lot of the people I build relationships with at work, and I would assume this goes for a lot of different companies, is those are the people that, to Kevin's point, might be interviewing for the next job, but maybe they're helping you in your job today, right? Those are the people that 
you need to reach out to on a Friday at 5 p.m. for help with a question? Yeah. Who do you, yeah, who do you, you think they're going to answer? Oh, my God. You're exactly right. You know, like the small things go so far with people Bingo. that you work with. Bingo. Like just just a, maybe like a, a coffee every once in a while or, or breakfast. You know, I used to do that. We in the internal account executive position, you brush shoulders with the service people a ton yeah. and their job is very hard. Yeah. And showing your, showing your appreciation for them is, uh, can go, you know, very far. And uh, it also is a mutual level of respect, right? It's like by doing that, it's like they, under, they know that you understand that their job is hard, Yeah, which is, I think Everyone at the end of the day, feel appreciated yeah, understand. at the end of the day, that's, that's the most important and, and to branch off that every single job I've gotten is, Due to, not that I don't have the credentials, but it was because of a, a person in my network that I had talked to before or maintained contact with. So not only is it going to help you down the road, but it could also just provide opportunities that you didn't expect coming. Yeah, because you don't have the foresight to know what a connection might make. No, and I think that we both agree that even though you know some some jobs... It depends on how they're evaluating, but it's not always about what you know, dude. It's who you, it's who you know. Not even close. It's exactly. not even close it gets to you, your it, performance. Well, it just get it just gets you. It just gets you in the door, right? Yeah, like man. You still have to be vindicated from that perspective, but you know, if you can get those opportunities, those extra opportunities, they're they're like gems. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think we hammered networking. I honestly didn't realize that we were gonna pop like that on that that topic, but. <laughs> So hard work, I think networking, and obviously all the you know good advice we just kind of gave you guys. Is there a third thing you're thinking about, like to really stand out when you get into the workforce? I would say try and be a leader. That's kind of the third thing I'm thinking about. You know, people that step up and take responsibility for like maybe some small one-off tasks or like things that maybe or offering help in different scenarios. That's something I'm thinking about. I don't know oh, if that's, that's a great point. Is it? Do things outside your job description. That's good. Uh, yeah, I think that's a nice third point. You know, the, the people that only or or respond to things that with that's not my job. Oh my god. Ugh. Oh, dude, you're going to make me oh blow my god. a There's, gasket. And that's like that's a common misconception people have and I think the perspective you take on your job lends you to not have that because you're seeing it as building skills, not just bringing home a paycheck. Some people just show up nine to five, grind, get the paycheck. That's the goal. They don't look at it as like, oh, I'm developing. This is me developing skills. This is me progressing. This is me not necessarily even down the line of whatever set career path you have. Maybe yeah. you want to branch out somebody out somewhere else. Like this is what I had to do when I was in that position where I really did not enjoy it. Like I, I jumped out of a, out of my current role into a role that I thought I would enjoy. And frankly, it was kind of naive looking at it that way, but grass is always greener type. Oh thing. my God. It was a brutal job. Yeah. And what I did to try to develop my skills further, even though I was in a job that I hated was, focus on your weaknesses right and you know i had to give a lot of presentations during i that remember job. this and that was one of my biggest weaknesses yeah. so the one thing that that job did for me was kind of iron that out a yeah. little bit for me so I, I i totally agree with that you know the the i think the bow you just tied on that was right do things out your outside your job description even though they might not be quote unquote you might not be being compensated for these things that you're doing because they're outside your job description that they will build you skills and attributes that will get you to the next level. Um, and I think that was beautifully said. Yeah, people notice the small things. Agreed. So. That's that's a huge thing. So I think you jumped into you, you kind of you put your toe in. You put your toe in. I good... just dipped it in the water. <laughs> it's a little cold. <laughs> I think you dipped your toe in a topic that um, I want to want to address. Wow, I want to address what Kevin and what would you do if I disliked my job if i hated my job what like what would your suggestions be what are your thoughts on it like if someone you know came to you with that what, what would you kind of yeah, what I advice mean, would you give them as a person just with my own situation i've i would never tell anyone to quit their job right out without having some kind of backup plan some people 
jump out the gate and are like, you should just, if your job is that bad and soul sucking, then you should just quit your job. I'm not like that. I think you should always have a backup plan or something else to go into. So with that being said, if you hate your job, what you need to do is find the things within your job that can develop the skills that are going to get you to a job that you do like. Right? I, I wouldn't add a thing to that. Yeah. And that's, it sounds so simple. It's, I, I was in, I was in it and it's so How hard. How long were you in that job you didn't like? Uh, like only a year. a year. And I said to myself, I was like, I can do anything I hate for two years. And I was so wrong. Yeah. So wrong. It was, yeah, it was tough. It was a little bit soul sucking for me. It was just outside of like what I, what I, what I do, wh- who I am as a person just didn't line up with the, how that job, yeah. how that job went. Um, but no, I think you said you hit literally the nail on the head, right? Look at, you know, if you hate cold calling, look at it as a way to get comfortable on the phone, right? I, I honestly am, uh, I'm not a fan of this technique. I don't think it works at all. What? The cold calling. I don't think it really do, does anything no, that's... for a company trying to drive revenue, but for a person coming out of college and Brilliant. trying to jump in, it's one of the best things that ever happened. The, the world is really starting and we'll, we'll dive into this, but like with social media and the ability to like market, it's really about marketing now, getting eyeballs on your things. It's not really so much like if you have to cold call, if your product is not good enough to market, that's... That is like if people aren't coming to you, that's where the the disconnect is. Your marketing has to be so good, your product has to be so good that people come to you. Yeah, but then again, like there was some like it, if you do get a, a a person here, a sale there from the one of those cold calling situations, like does it all make it worth it? Right. I think our industry is a little bit different too. To uh, your yeah, point, like, exactly. Like most industries, yeah, don't operate like the financial service industry. Mm-hmm. But so that was, I I think you you said it beautifully. If you guys don't like your job, like think about either the things you want to change, the the career skills you can just learn in the job you're in and make a plan to adjust where you want to go, right? Don't just sit there saying, I hate my job, right? Like we live a short life. I know know, like how tough certain jobs can be and I know how tough certain periods of your life can be, but like Think about things you can work on through those tough periods. I don't think we need to dive into that too much. Um, the the thing I'm interested to get your feedback on, Kev, is like, what do you think about like? I feel like for younger people, right, they're always chasing six figures. What do you think about people that are like, yeah, I'm leaving this job because I'm getting a 10, 10 grand increase? The the thing with that, it's very short sighted. But I I get it. Like in in this day and age, like. I mean that that kind of drove a little bit of that decision I made. To your circumstance is slightly different, I think. Yeah, I mean, like with kids with student loans, things along those lines. You wanting to get out of that is a big motivator. Yeah. Right. So making a jump to a a job that you're not sure you're gonna like, but it's 10k more. Yeah. That's an important decision to make for you as a young person. You know, I. But is there a monetary value you would put on skills versus just the money? Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's hard to monet. It's hard to put a dollar number on the skills that you develop, right. right? But if you're able to get invaluable experience and you're getting paid shit, then I would go with the invaluable experience on the uh, pending you have the ability to do that, right? You, I, from think a financial end, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to that, right? If all things are held equal and like you don't have any financial struggles or anything, you, you just pay want to make more money, right? Yeah, if you want to make more money and that's the motivator, I, I think that's super short sighted. And uh, I've seen I a lot of people you. leave positions that we were currently in, or that what I was in, and I even did this kind of almost myself, and go to somewhere that pays more, but is. It's just the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Yeah. Especially when you're making more money and it's a learning experience also, but you, I've seen a lot of people make those decisions and then next thing you know, they're, they're stonewalled a little bit. Yeah. Right. Whereas like maybe all you needed to, all that person needed to do was just grind it out for like another six months or another year, um, to get to, you know, where they wanted to go eventually, but they just don't have the patience to do it. And I think one thing that I feel strongly about coming off of this topic, and I think you would agree with me that like my level of transparency with managers might be a little bit different than some people. Like, Yeah, I think we have different opinions on that. We do. Yeah. And so I, I certainly, when we talk about like career, tra- you know, 
career progression, I tend to lean on the side of like, I expect the people that are ahead of me to have my best interests in mind. So with that being the context, I tell my managers maybe more than some people would. Yeah. But that's where that conversation is really important for me, where I can bounce ideas off of people who have more experience than me, who have been in the positions I'm in to discuss any changes that I think might be for money, right? Yeah. What lends you to have the that that kind of faith in your senior senior management, I guess you could say. I feel like you've known me for, you know, a, a portion of my life that has been, you know, not whirlwindy at all, but like there's just a lot of different things I go through, but one thing I've always really felt is that people are like innately good. You know, like yeah. I just really believe that. Like and if it happens to screw me one time, I'm okay with that. You know, I would rather be the person that's transparent than the person that holds everything in thinking that the world is out to get me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think I, I said earlier, we differ on this aspect. I mean, currently in my job, I couldn't be more transparent. Um, so I've had a little bit of a shift in that, but within, you know, I work at a little bit of a smaller firm now. You're right. Now. So there's right? less so politics. Yeah. There's le- way, there's virtually no politicking, right? With, the size of it, it's under five people. So, however, in a corporate environment, it's you're putting a lot of faith in a lot of people's hands that they're having. They have the your best interests in mind and not their own. Which I I see a lot of conflicts of interest. There are especially Dude, with there totally are how you know just just through my experience like it was very hard for me to find a mentor within the corporate environment and maybe that was just my fault as i failed from a networking standpoint to do that but i didn't think i really found someone that that genuinely wanted to put forth their time to help me so to speak it's tough Um, to find in a corporate environment yeah so how, how how have you done on that um and we're kind of branching off from the our main topic but well, no, I, I actually think this leads beautifully into it. I, I One thing I wanted to transition to is culture of a workforce. So yeah. we can transition into that after this. But was your question like specifically, what do I do to, to have mentors? Or was it more just well, like, how like, do I find do myself? Do you have a being... mentor and what have you done to, Dude, you're to a mentor. cultivate that? Dude, you're a mentor. Well, I'm talking about within your corporate environment. Within my corporate environment? Right, so like I look at so people going back to that. Like yeah, you're my mentor, right? Yeah, like you saying that to me, like I don't have any interest in like I just want to help you, right? Like, yeah, I just give you like what I what's worked for me, what I find yeah. has helped me, right? I don't have any interest in like if you decide to not do that, then it's whatever. Like I don't care. Yeah, like, you're you're making your own decisions. Whereas like if it's somebody who's a manager, if you don't go down that decision, you don't make that decision. You go a different route. They then, lose me. Then they lose you yeah. or – yeah. Like then it's uh, – There's a conflict of interest. I yeah, see. exactly. Like the investment they put into it – I see what you're asking. They're not getting the return on investment. I, so I see, see what you're saying. Um, I tend to – and again, this maybe goes against some of the points I said earlier. I tend to naively you know, believe that because of the relationships I built, because of the personal level, I, I, I feel like I'm on with some of these people after a couple of years – that they will look out for my best interest. And, uh, you know, that could be naive and, you know, contradictory to the fact that there is some politics that go on in the office. But I, I for myself right now and where I currently stand in my career, I think that has actually helped me and excelled me. Um, you know, when I can have open conversations with managers that have been here for 10 years and, and they feel like people are like, not petty, that's not the right word, but like people like just come to them with these weird ass issues. I, that's not me, you know, like I don't do that. So if I bring an issue to them or I say, hey, you know, I want to work this place for, you know, in the next 12 months, I feel like they make a concerted effort because I don't bring them bullshit and I have a real relationship. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's a great overall point for somebody going into the workforce is don't have complaints. Like don't ever go to don't ever go to somebody with constant complaints. It, because then they won't listen to you when you have a real yeah, exactly. issue. Exactly. Then when the, the – Rubber hits the road and you actually have to get shit done, it's going to be impossible to do. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So that's a, that's a great point for people. And who, I'm firing from the hip right now. Oh, yeah. This is just just, awesome. just straight off the hip. <laughs> just, uh, but 360 wait. no scope in it right now. <laughs> off the hip. I feel like I'm flowing, dude. Um, so wait, this actually – because 
I, I, we, we're not going to dive too much oh, into... Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, like... Yeah, well, put a bow on it, whatever yeah, you want to say. put a bow on it is to, if you do have a complaint or you do have a, a problem, come with a potential solution to that problem and ask them, like, that's a great way to Such ask a them for their, their opinion on that. Such a good point. And this is... And we'll give you a prime example because I know this is on our list of things to talk about. Say I'm overworked, right? What do I... What are, what are some potential things you could do if you feel overworked? One is you bitch about it, right? You're saying this is outside my job description. This is not the job for me. And then you tell everyone else and it gets around to your manager. That's one option. Obviously, worst case scenario. But the other option is <laughs> – Door number one is uh, – I'm, I'm making it sound attractive, make, make aren't I? it pretty easy, huh? <laughs> uh, door number two, and it's, this one's lighting up a little bit more, is you go to your boss and say, hey, I feel like I have a ton on my plate right now. What do you think is the best way for me to prioritize these? You ask him, dude, or or who like you ask the manager and say, Hey, I, I have this list of a hundred and ninety-five things to do to get done in twelve days. You know, <laughs> I don't know why I put those numbers on it, but you know what I'm saying, right? You have a ton of things to get done. Can you help me prioritize these? You know, I, I feel like I, I maybe they should be this way, but what advice would you give me? Yeah, I mean, something along those lines sounds like a great idea. That's I think, what I'm saying. Uh, what you're getting to is be transparent about being overworked. Or if you be yes. transparent about not being able to handle the work- workload that's been dealt out to you. Beautiful. And then this is why I'm going to bring it back home for you guys. I'm going to say that. I, I'm, I'm bringing it back home. You guys should see my facial expressions. The way my hands are moving. It's crazy over here. Yeah. Uh, no, but this is like this is why I, I want to just make a clear cut for you guys. Because – one situation is the manager gets the work not even done correctly because you didn't bring how much work you had. You, you didn't tell them how much work you had, and then it gets done very shittily, and you're pissed off that you have all this work. Or they get it done the way they want it done, you know? Yeah, I mean worst, worst case scenario in that situation, right, is your boss tells you to figure it out. And then it's like you that was, that was already your – your uh your problem in the first place like yeah. it was that's what you were gonna do anyways right? exactly so at least and i i think and for the most part i mean from my experiences every time i've done that obviously it goes back to the same example we had about complaining right you can't do it all the time no, right but not every in a situation <laughs> where you're obviously like you've you've proved yourself and you hit a wall yeah, right, dude, it's normal. Like it's, it happens. Like not everybody has a work capacity of Elon Musk, right? So like if you, that guy uh, is he, a goddamn robot. Dude runs dude. like five different companies dude, on a daily basis. He's so I read he works in five minute increments. I'm like, dude, dude it takes what? me like five minutes to log on to my computer sometimes because I, I forget the password. Like, you must have a fast computer. Yeah. Bro. Oh my gosh, That's dude. Nuts. Yeah, like that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I it, know, it, bro. It, he. I've heard him talk before, and he's like a robot. Well, though, dude, so. he thinks – like he processes it. I feel like when someone asks him a question, it goes in his brain and turns a little bit. And then he goes, okay, this is what my you know computer's what I've telling no- You know me. what I've noticed, which is a complete off-the-track observation, That's what is that for- really smart people do that. pause before they say stuff. And it's because really smart people are actually going through their head and processing – things and then saying stuff and not just reacting to whatever was are just you said. calling me dumb Kevin? no i'm just saying no i'm not calling you dumb at all but i i everybody has this inherent like tendency to like to talk and not have any kind of silence out there and that's like that's the art of sales right is being comfortable in in silence right so we're gonna do a whole podcast on sales which is which is so hard for people to do like i i still struggle to just shut up sometimes yeah it's just like you say what you have to say and then you stop talking no yeah that's a very good point it's dude i it's so tough i know one of our managers that's like his that's like what people i like that's the ideal skill that this guy has is he's just he's a, so good at it i, I don't know. even know how it's possible like he's so good at it he, this this man interviewed me and I have never been so mangled in an interview <laughs> in my entire life. I was coming out of college. Like, I thought he knew all this stuff. I thought it was like, yeah, what are, what are the good qualities about you? Like, a personable, like, all these things that you say, you're supposed to say in an interview. And he just bodied me. <laughs> he absolutely pulled so me up, up against the glass and just hip-checked me. Like, oh, it was crazy. He's a beast. Yeah. He's a beast. Oh, yeah. It was, he was one of really, really, really good 
with just those small things in sales that make really good salespeople better than just average. Yeah, and let's just let's let's document that for our sales podcast because I, I I'm excited to do that one. But one other thing, or one other thing, I wanted to get back to is just like culture in a workforce. I because I think that's important, especially for the people that might be coming out of college. Do you? Do you notice that at all? Like, did you pay attention to that at all? Like, when you were interviewing, like, how, I, no, it's hard to tell in an interview. What about an internship? What do you an think about six weeks? An internship, it's you. You'll be able to tell. You think? I think so. Okay, I I didn't feel like I got that. But, but the thing is, like, about a lot of companies is like there are these subcultures within different companies, right? So like within like you know our previous like my previous. Yeah. role and your current role yeah. there's different teams right yeah each team has a different culture okay right like right. would you would you agree with that i would i 100 percent agree with you like when on my team when i was there like it was you get there early that's what that's that's the idea with that team. Yeah, yeah. like that's what we do like that's the culture no, that makes sense uh, so to that point i think it's easy to figure out those certain things about a company as to like the more complex parts of company culture yeah. i don't know if you can figure that out within six weeks okay so I, does that make sense i totally agree with you i i do um it also depends on your internship like are you being thrown into things things or uh, are you being ushered through a program that's not getting you that much exposure to the job that people are doing around you okay so i guess that was a hard thing for me right because i feel so grateful to be in a culture that i have i don't because you brought it back, like, I know we're kind of skipping around here, but this just made me think of it. You said, you know, what do you look for in a mentor? Like, how do you find mentors? It's really the same thing that I would do in any other area of my life that I would do in the corporate career, right? If there's people with skill sets that I think are significantly better than me, I ask them questions about it because I want to be there from a skill set perspective. We have people that in the corporate like environment we have that are better than me at certain things. So I'll try and learn from them. Yeah. Like you asked me, how do I find mentors? I don't necessarily say, hey, dude, you're my mentor. But like right. I'll reach out to them and ask them questions about the thing that I want to get to their level on. Yeah, I guess that was my problem. Maybe I just wanted them to have a button of my of my face on their chest yeah. all day being like – Cheer for Kevin's Kevin. Mentor. Go, Kevin. Yeah, a little cheerleader in the Go corner. Go, Kevin. Right? But that's a great point. That lends it to like – even though like I – I harped on like not having a mentor. Like there are those people that are certain mentors in areas, right? Yeah. I think that's a great point. I don't think like one person can't be great at everything, but certain people are really good at other, like certain things like, you know, the, the head who's head honcho, who's very good in silence. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, I, that, so that, like, how do you do that? What do you, (laughs) what do you think of when you're being quiet? I don't know. I, mean, like, I was gonna say a very rude thing, so I'm not gonna say it. But, oh my gosh! <laughs> like having sex with your grandma or something. I, I am, <laughs> oh my gosh! Dude. That's what I was gonna say. That's, that's very rude. That's very rude. Very inappropriate. I'm sorry, dude. I mean, I am 24. Sometimes I make inappropriate jokes. Yeah, it's messed up, dude. My bad. It's messed up. But wait, wait. So I know we got off track with the mentor and culture thing. So this is what I at least and jump in where you you think it makes sense. But this is what I was thinking from a culture standpoint. And when I came out of college, and I think we'll dive more into college on another podcast because we are already bumping up on an hour here. But when when it came to interviewing, I interviewed like 15 different places. Like I interviewed a lot in a lot of different cultures. Like I interviewed at some of the larger banks. I interviewed, you know, in, in different wealth management groups, in different financial advisors offices. What job did you want the most? I wanted to be in all, wealth management. I wanted to out, talk to people. Out of all the, all the companies that you interviewed? Uh, a Goldman job. Goldman job? Strictly from an ego perspective. Classic, classic, classic. Strictly from an ego perspective. I think I was like probably – I think it was uh, Goldman or – You're trying to one-up me right now on the first episode? I'm trying to one-up you. Are you trying to – Well, neither of us got the job, so (laughs) – Spoiler alert. (laughs) They didn't want us, but we wanted them. God damn it. You're in every relationship in my life. Now you just derailed me, dude, and now I'm just mentally – exhausted no. i feel defeated no, no i was saying culture honestly. so this is uh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, culture this... culture but yeah. i i was what i was going to say with that is things to look for yes is are are the people around you complaining that's a good question constantly that's a great it's okay to complain every once in a while everyone does it yeah it's all right it slips out every once in a while sometimes when you i gotta let it, the air out sometimes. yeah sometimes you just gotta let things out and yeah when i do it sometimes i feel a little bit better but then i'm also like i just complain i 
don't do that. But at the same time, like, you have to realize, like, if people are complaining all the time, then it's just – it doesn't – it's probably not going to be a good fit, regardless of whether you like the job or not. That's a good point. Like, people, people make the job for you, right? That's beautiful. I that's think that's exact, a great point. Like, that's where I was You going. could have your dream like, – I saw this on, like, LinkedIn the other day. It was, like, got my dream job. <laughs> showed up hated it the yeah. people there were awful yeah. like and and they got their dream job right so you could have your dream job and if the people around you are just soul sucking complaining all day long don't want to do anything then yeah like you're not going to be happy like I you can't you. be happy amongst so i think you're really good at this but i can't personally be happy around a bunch of other miserable piece people it yeah. just it 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 wears on me too much. No, that's dude. I you you said exactly what I was gonna say. I, I guess the way I'll just concise it down in, into my understanding and like what I heard you say is like the the people you're around make your job right. Whatever the job title, whatever the daily tasks are, like. And this for me goes from a money standpoint, right? I love the people I work around, and I sincerely mean that. And I always tell college kids if they reach out. Oh to yeah, me, it was wait. all it was an awesome experience. That's like, what I'm saying. One like, of the best places I, I probably like. I get, always give them shining recommendations, like whenever amazing, people talk about bro. it. And this is what people like. And if you guys like want to reach out to me about questions about college, feel free to. But like when someone does reach out to me and they're saying, you know, Colton, what should I look for in a culture, like in a company, like where I want to work? I say. You are going to be way more successful in a culture you enjoy yeah, rather than a job. A great point. Like, and the, I truly, sincerely believe that even though I got, you know, rejected literally 12 times from these companies that I thought on paper were better than the company I'm currently at today. The reality is I'm successful in this culture because of the people, because of the work dynamic we have. And I think that's incredibly important. And the last thing I'll say as like a caveat to that is when you're interviewing for these places, guys, you're switching jobs find some connection and reach out to someone on the personal basis before you interview you're not going to understand the company culture in an interview typically because you're not going to be comfortable with the person you're talking to etc like you are going to only understand that if you develop a personal relationship with someone in the company so i think that is where i i would say if you're trying to find out the culture of a company and you haven't worked there find a connection with someone and that's how you should understand the culture you're in, because again, that is what's going to make you successful in your job. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. I mean, I because people have been doing all that. of that. Yeah, yeah that's a, people it's have a... been doing that. They've been calling me and are like, "What do you think about this culture?" And I'm like, "Honestly, man, I wouldn't be here if I didn't enjoy it." Like that's how I first answer, and then I go into more detail about why. Yeah, and I think I think also to think about because it's very hard to weed out culture. So most likely, you're going to be in places where the culture isn't exactly the best thing ever yeah people always act like you can't like you can't change culture like if you stop complaining and you respond to things differently and you show up early you work hard like you can start to change that culture that's that's a very good point i think you we, know we've like seen when people, some of that you we saw to, some of that though is what i'm saying right like yeah when, yeah, yeah when exactly I started it was a different culture than where it is today oh like, wow dude I'm you're gonna put that, that. <laughs> you, they should put a statue god you people are gonna there. be like this kid, kid is a this loser is <laughs> no the man. god damn it no 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 i understand what you're saying though god, like, it it's it's fun it's, i'm sorry it's crazy how cultures can change so quickly that's important though which is which is a great point. Like just because you're in a place where the culture isn't great, like doesn't mean you can't do any can't do anything. What would it. you do though? And this is I I have a real life example of this that maybe I'll jump to it, 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 depending on like where you want to take it. But what do you do if someone's negative in the workplace? Like, how, give me an example. I mean, okay, I'm sitting next to someone that every day when I just started at the job was saying how shitty the job was. Who has been there for four years? That actually happened. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, that's a yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough one because you're new, so you don't want to. It's a hard position to be in, right? Uh, yeah. 100%. So I guess what I what you but can I do, think everyone deals with negative people in their the, in their work environment. Yeah, so I mean, I, what I you just want to try and help. Yeah, like what you anyone. could do is, it's always better to understand it people a little bit better right so assume ask, they're not bad yeah I assume assume they're not bad which is a hard thing to do sometimes when people are complaining so much yeah but ask them a couple questions like what do you what do you hate so much yeah. like what 
what about your day to day is so bad? Yeah. Can you just? I'm a little bit newer here, so like, what's what should I be looking out for? Yeah. What should I, like, what should I do? Okay, say they say, dude, there's everything, man. Like, I have an advance in this company. We're doing a little role play. I like this. I have an advance in this company. You know, they don't pay me enough, and, and the job just sucks. Yeah, I would say like, you know, the job just sucks. What do you mean by that? You would get so you you would start roll. I I I, agree. I would I would start trying to dig a little bit more. Yeah. Like if people respond like that, there's ways to be like, it sucks. Like what do you, what do you mean it sucks? Yeah. Like what about it? Some people look happier. No, I I agree. You with know, you. it's it's you can you can try to dig a little bit, try to get to the bottom of it. I would or, go the opposite direction, but what like just I would cut that yourself. person off. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's another good idea. But also, like when you sit next to them, it's kind of hard to do that. I moved my desk. That's a good. That's I told someone who was older than me. I would never have thought to do that as a young employee at a company. That's a great idea, dude. I need it's to pre- something so simple. I need to protect Just my ask, energy. Yeah, though. yeah, exactly. Like, dude, I was like, bro, I cannot be around this right now. Like, I'm too, like, yeah, I'm that too is young. crazy. You had the foresight to ask that question, like, because you're young at a job, like, you're next to somebody that you you get placed next to. You're pretty much – you don't know anything from a professional standpoint. I know I know zilch. literally zilch zero. And you're like, what do I do? Like, yeah. I'm stuck. But you're not. Like you're not stuck, right? No. You can ask to have your desk move or that, you can ask I think to, there's more options. You know there. what? I think I think I would – you know, Rob seems to – or X, Y, Z, like yeah. John, Rob, yeah. Billy yeah. seems to be very good at their job. Yeah. You know, would you mind if I move my desk next to him? So right I could, positioning. you know, get it, yeah. get a jump start and start shadowing him and things along those lines. So yeah. there's a great way to that's position brilliant. that. That's exactly what different I wanted scenario. to scenario. Or you could be transparent. That's another option. Yeah, but then they're gonna say, "Dude, you've been working." So in Kevin's point, and, like, and then you and then you risk months. throwing someone else under the bus, the bus, which is that's yeah. I mean, if people are doing that, most likely the person you're consulting is gonna already have known that that person exactly. is that way. I just wanted to tell people it's that not a there's, secret. there's options, dude. There's options. There's definitely options and ways to handle negative people you work around. Yeah. For instance, you have someone negative on your team. Well, do you have to be spending the amount of time you are with them? Maybe that's the case, right? But like, try into Kevin's point. Like, I this is something I almost do in the workforce. Like, I almost try and kill people with kindness. Like, they're like, "Damn, dude, today's been such a shitty day." I'll be like. Yeah, man, really? Like, I'm just so grateful to have a job. I'm like grateful that my family's healthy. Like, what what's going on in your day? Like, seriously, like <laughs> that I person's just, probably like, oh my god, I, he's right. No, like, I, I seriously, this is just how I feel about it. It's like my energy is very important to me, especially in a job that I spend like yeah. a majority of my time. At. People try to bait you into it, and you can get sucked into it. Too, yeah, right. And so I like, just you get sucked into complaining, and next thing you know, you're like, wow, that was really like, I don't really. I don't know. I don't even feel that negative about the situation, but since everyone else was. It's like, okay, well, like, if everyone else feels this way, so should I. I I don't know. But, yeah, that's a great point. Like, you got to be conscious of where your energy is going, right? And if it's – people always have a tendency to to complain, right? I think it's a a natural – it's so easy to do. and It's so easy to complain. Honestly, a lot of people do it because they don't have anything else to talk about. And it's – that's just – kind of a sad reality of the situation but if people don't have anything else to talk about then they start to complain about like you know like i have friends like i've hung out with friends that all they do is talk about like how much their job sucks i'm like dude why don't you get a new job right and as a friend (laughs) why don't you do do you as a friend like you hate what you do try and figure something out as a friend you you can say those things it's like you're choosing to be in a shitty job I, or a job yes. you hate. You yeah. every decision you make is conscious, right? And and there's some nuance that comes in that situation, obviously from a financial standpoint. But at the same point, like if you hate that job so much, what are you doing to get out of it? That's a that, that's amazing. Besides point. complaining about Besides how bad complaining. the job is. But no, it's so true, dude. And I don't like I know like the podcast is called outside the nine to five, but I kind of wanted to address this. The reason we talk about like our first episode is why like the, our different thoughts in the corporate environment. I think our thoughts 
are different than a lot of people's when it comes to how we look at a job that we are in in a quote unquote nine to five. Yeah, exactly. Because you're in reality, like neither of us work nine to five. It was no. always longer than that, yeah. and it's also you're not developing just skills that you can only use within your corporate walls, right? Like Brilliant. you use it. You can use the skills that you learn specifically in sales. Right. Get better discounts. Yes. You know, that's a, that's a great example. Yeah. Like I've gotten so many better discounts at places just you, because you ask. You like, hardball, baby. Not because I know you anything hardball. different, but like you ask specific questions. Yeah. Like you ask the question. What would Most I have people do don't ask the question. What do I have to do to get it? Dude, Chris Voss never split the difference. Yeah. He'll tell you exactly what you need to do. That's a great book. We're going to do a podcast And you don't get books. it every time, right? But if you ask – you never What's know. the worst that could happen? You pay the price that you're already prepared to pay. No, <laughs> like, yeah, true. No, you know? I, I agree with you, and that's where I, I, you know, I know we're already over an hour and change here, so I, I kind of want to like like transition this into to wrapping it up. But what I think differentiates Kevin and I in like a, a corporate environment, and obviously we're going to touch on a lot of topics that aren't just you know the corporate environment we're currently in. I think what differentiates us is how much control we feel we have over where we go with our career and the skills we're learning. Would you say that's fair to say where most people are like, oh, they're going to tell me what I need to do on a day-to-day basis or, oh, you know, I need this promotion in two two years based on this political or this corporate ladder, right? I feel like we are a little bit different in that mindset. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like you shouldn't be looking at your job as a job. You should be looking at it as a, a means to like extract skills that you can use in, better, in 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 other situations outside your job but also in jobs future jobs that you want right i forget what this quote was but it was like don't think like the acorn think like the oak tree like where do you want to be in the future think about where that person is what your current job is what can you extract from that job to get to there right like what what different skills can you pull from this to help you progress to to that point which i think a lot of I think a lot of people would benefit from looking at it from that perspective because then your job wouldn't be so goddamn awful, right? Yeah, then if you it'd hate be a means. It. Yeah, of, it's a means to get somewhere else, right? Dude, I don't. I'm not gonna add anything. We're gonna leave you guys right there. Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, you know, if you have any feedback, we appreciate it. And we uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Have a great rest of your day.